When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey, hey, hey. This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Eternals. But before we get to that, we have to tell folks about our own film. It's called Tiny Dancers. It's now streaming on Prime Video. This is a low-budget comedy that you and I made. It's about an exotic dancer who is arrested for drunk driving. And so for community service, she ends up training a group of kids to compete in a regional dance competition. I call it sort of like a Bad Santa meets Dance Moms. There you go. But yeah, that's our feature film. Uh, you know, we're, we're proud of it. It's called Tiny Dancers, and it's streaming on Amazon Prime. So, Eternals, uh, this is the latest film, right, in the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's directed by Chloe Zhao, who just won multiple Oscars for yeah. directing and producing Nomadland earlier this year. It's hard to believe that was this year. Nomadland, that was that was this year. That came out this year? <laughs> I In February, I mean, I think it was like sort of delayed by the pandemic, but... I guess I forget it. We're, we're like mid-November right now. Yeah, it just, so, that, that feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't yeah, it? Nomadland. It, it kind of does. I guess she was tasked to do this film long before then, though, because think, she couldn't get this done in like eight months. I think she got hired onto this in 2018. Okay. Eternals. That makes more sense. And they filmed it in 2019. I'm not sure when they filmed Nomadland, but that, I mean, that's an impressive juggling act. Yeah. Going from Nomadland to this or vice versa. Well, Chloe is an impressive director. Yeah. The first film she's, I saw of her really um, was uh, The Writer, which is just, uh, I mean, kind of similar to Nomadland, um, but just lower budget, beautifully shot, just very intimate. You, you could definitely see the talent yeah. from that film, from The Writer. And that's, I mean, that's still probably maybe my favorite of hers. But yeah, so this movie's a, like sprawling ensemble cast. It includes Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Kamel Nanjiani, uh, Richard Madden, and many others. And uh, this movie it currently has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's it, not good for a Marvel movie. Well, that it's the lowest yeah. of any movie in the uh, was gonna in ask the MCU. You yeah, that I was question, I was so. checking out like like one of the lowest ones. This is the lowest by like a significant margin. It's the only one that's rotten. All the other ones are fresh. Even like, for comparison, Captain Marvel, which is... You did not like that one. I personally consider it the worst yeah. of the MCU. That has a 79% compared to this movie's 50%. So, um, so yeah, that, yeah, this is a first, uh, critically. I mean, you shouldn't really care about Rotten Tomatoes. No, like, it's, no. It's it doesn't arbitrary. Really, and there's, doesn't really matter. There's nut jobs on there. <laughs> well, and here's, here's my thing. So, Eternals was... It's different like it's it's a it's a more serious type movie they tried to do little quips here and there like the regular marvel movies but it didn't work because the actors they got on were serious actors we have kumail 
I mean, I think most of his comedic stuff, I think, mostly landed. I, I mean, mean he he was the only one, though. Pretty, like, pretty with, much. Well, Brian the, Tyree uh, Henry. Yeah, um, but with, like... He, he brought some With the some Avengers, levity. they're all cracking jokes. That's like, the Marvel... Like, I'm not seeing Angelina Jolie do it. I'm not seeing Salma Hayek do it. Like, I'm not seeing the little girl. Sprite. Sprite. I'm not seeing her do it. I mean, like, it was only... Like two people. The that vibe. The, the vibe is much more serious yes. than your average Marvel movie. Even just like the last Marvel movie we saw, uh, Shang Chi. That that's a much more like buoyant, poppy, like thrill ride with quips and well, set, with set pieces. I mean, Aquafina. Exactly. Kinda, like exactly. A lot. Yeah, a lot of humor sprinkled throughout. Yeah. That's that's the norm. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. This movie's vibe is uh, way more serious. And I and honestly, I think this was the the first time that Marvel did a sex scene. Maybe I like mean, a minute of screen time, but but it was it naked was, groping. Yeah, I mean, it was a sex scene on the beach and not really targeted to kids. I mean, my brother would have put you know his hands over my my nephew's eyeballs during that scene. I mean, you're not seeing dong or ass. You're not seeing that, but you're, you're not seeing tit. I mean, you you were you were taking the imagination, and I mean, you're <laughs> you have two people that are you know that look topless on the beach. Well, sure, yeah. If you're a little boy, you're seeing this on an IMAX yeah. screen. Sure, it's like, yeah. Whoa, and well, then I mean, lo- more power to him. But lo and behold, you know, you do it in the beach. You get sand in places that you don't want it to be, and it's not that sexy. Well, you ha- you have to pick the right area of the beach. Yeah, I think you can't pick like middle of the beach, like the sandy area. You have to kind of go off to the side. I think you can't be like. Just spread out right in the middle of the beach. <laughs> I don't know why, you know. <laughs> it's it's more of an adult Avengers, or it's more of an adult. Yeah, more Marvel. somber, more somber Avengers. Yeah, I, I guess as a way of describing this. But yeah, I mean, the, the story basically, you know, we follow the like ten godlike beings who are from the planet Olympia and were created by the celestial Arishem. Yeah. And this movie actually opens with a text scrawl, basically kind of outlining the mythology. And I feel like unless you're Star Wars, opening your film with a text scroll, it's a real risky move. It's real risky. (laughs) I mean, it didn't make any sense. Like, and I would say like the first 30 to 40 minutes of this is like, what the hell is going on? Because we're like, I mean, we're going back and forth. There is a lot of- across timelines. Yeah, there's a lot of jumps. There's, I mean, the whole movie, there's a lot to take in because we have 10 characters that we got to like fill you up on. But yeah, these ten Eternals—they're—they're um, they're in charge of protecting the Earth from deviants, and deviants are basically like these big shape-shifting monsters. Yeah, with, like, I mean claws that you know eat people. I guess. Yeah, I mean it's not like the normal—the <laughs> normal monster or the the normal like alien that you're fighting or you know whatever. Like they're they're primitive. They're more like dinosaurs, I guess, or like more. But they sort of power up if they consume. Yeah, they learned um, how to con- they learned they they evolved. Right. They learned how to not just go after humans cuz that that was their thing was in- intellectual life sources is what these deviants were um that's what they were eating and that's they they were the apex predator. They, they just figured, beca- they became like too good at it. They figured out how to suck the celestial juices from the celestials. Once they die. Like, that's how they die. And that's kind of why, like, the Eternals are put into place to keep the Deviants in check, sort of. But there's What they say. Right. There's spoilers involved with that. But, yeah, basically the first half of this is kind of like rounding up up the gang. 
type of movie, like an Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> it really is. So it's like rounding up everybody because there's deviants that are popping up in areas where the Celestials have been hiding, but also because one of the Celestials ends up dying and they rally around that death. And um, the Eternals, they've been inactive for like 500 years. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, now that the Deviants are coming back, uh, it's time to like round up the gang. And we've got some great actors. Yeah. And this crew, we got a nice mix of like some familiar faces, some fresh faces, very diverse cast. Per usual with Marvel, the casting fell on point. It did, but. You got some issues. I do. With. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Like, I did not like her storyline. I, I would have loved to see her more in a comedic role. Like, she was so serious and she was going brain, like going crazy in her head. She's always pretty serious, isn't I know, she? but why cast her in a Marvel movie where she's going to be coming back? I don't understand it. I guess I disagree. And I, didn't I, I like, thought she was pretty good. I, I liked her character also. I character was cool. like Cersei. Well, yeah, and I was going to get to her. She's kind of the center of this film, right? Yeah. She's played by Gemma Chan. What's her power? She can manipulate... Inanimate Mineral, objects. Minerals. The elements. She can manipulate the elements. She can turn wood into water. She can turn stone into gold. Like, she can do all of these things. Was it the actor or it, the character? It was, it was the actor. It wasn't the character. I like the character. Right. It was, <laughs> Definitely the performance. It was the performance. <laughs> she she really was flat to me. I can see that. I, I didn't feel like she was very emotive. There was not a lot going on. <laughs> in her face she looked like awestruck the whole time <laughs> like oh my god i'm kissing and i'm talking to game of thrones actors she's got like a love triangle going with two game, game of thrones hunks yeah you got kit harrington in yeah. this and like oh my god like i, I feel like she's like ooh. <laughs> i don't know what to do with myself yeah like that's how she comes across in this in this movie and and the movie revolves around her and yeah. it is not my favorite wasn't working for you no um yeah i can i can see what you're saying i mean i guess i kind of disagree i, I thought gamma chan held it together pretty well i mean they surround her with more charismatic actors but i thought i thought she held it together negative and she's a she's a fresh face like i, I don't think i've ever seen her before that is true i will i will hand you that i, I thought she did a solid job i mean but I thought a, a very sprite, big movie i thought sprite did a better job as you know i thought the who was the um the strong actor. I thought he did a good job. Uh, Gilgamesh, um, played by Dong Lee. Yeah, I thought he did a great <laughs> job. Did I say Dong Lee? You did. Sorry, let me say. Uh, you're talking about uh, Gilgamesh, played by Don Lee. Don Lee, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I thought he did a good job, and I thought um, Kumar did a good job, or Kumal um, did a good job, and I thought that the, other, the, the mechanic did a good job. You're talking about Brian Tyree Henry. He, yeah. Yeah, he he's great. Yeah, he's he's a bright spot. I thought that Icarus wasn't. I I did not like his character. You didn't like Richard Madden in this. I did not. Um, okay. And I didn't like the. I thought, I thought he was pretty solid. I didn't like the two leads. I guess you could say everybody else was great, and Angelina Jolie. The too. two leads, Cersei and Icarus. Yeah, they are kind of our two leads, and mm -hmm. so yeah, if you're not feeling that. Mm -mm. What about Salma Hayek? Did she deliver for you? Yeah, I liked her. Of course. Always. But, yeah. But uh, they, a, they ruined issue. it. Yeah, there, I, yeah, there's an issue with that. But, yeah, I agree. Salma Hayek, for what she's in in this movie, um, she, she's great. I love Salma Hayek. And I, I disagree with your take on 
Angelina Jolie's character. Her character is Thena. And I just I, I thought the idea of like someone who had been alive for so long and whose like mind was starting to break, like she was like getting her timelines jumbled up in her head. Well, yeah, I they... thought that was kind of a cool backstory for a character, and that that's kind of what her character is dealing with, Thena. And she can build weapons like yeah. out of thin air. She can. I, I thought she was pretty badass. She's kind of minimal in this movie. Very minimal. Yeah, but I think she. May but I thought take... she was a cool character. She may take a bigger role. The character is cool. But maybe... You're just tired of seeing Angelina Jolie so serious. She's smiling in this movie. She's not, like, glowering. I mean, I, I give her props for trying something different. Because this is different for her. Is it that different from Maleficent? Oh. <laughs> you, forgot, you forgot all about those yeah. two movies. Yeah, I guess it would be... It, it's in it's, line. It's, it's... Yeah, just to make believe with your hands <laughs> on a green screen. Actually, I mean, speaking of green screens, this movie feels more um, like naturally shot than yeah. other Marvel movies. Yeah. Like not not a whole lot of green screen. A lot of CGI, but the CGI is placed into live action footage. Yeah. And there's it's done a, pretty seamlessly. There's a lot it looks of really locations good. on here. I mean, really awesome locations. I feel like that's too. kind of the benefit of having Chloe's out. Exactly. Yeah. Shooting with natural light on real locations instead of in sets. I mean... And most other Marvel movies at this point, even when they're outside. Yeah, they're on a set. It's a, like, yeah, it's all studio lighting, yeah. <laughs> fortunately. <laughs> but no, I, that that's a touch that I, I certainly appreciate. Yeah. And that, that, along with kind of the more serious, somber tone, it makes this movie, it definitely makes this movie feel different. Yeah. From other Marvel movies. And maybe that's part of why the rating is so low. I think so, because everybody is, it wants that, what we know so well, like, the the book I mean, it's running right? like, like twenty movies strong at this point. I I, I don't know the exact it, number. It's nice to get something that is not the same. That's not the cookie cutter Marvel. At a, at a certain point, you you have to mix it up. Yeah, absolutely. And probably the fact that it's got more of an adult tone and more of you know adult themes in this. I think people could also be disappointed, you know, without going really into spoilers, there's no direct connection to other Marvel movies. No, there's not. They mention Thanos, they mention the whole snap, but that's it. Well, I guess they... There's, there's no cameos from other Marvel There's no players. cameos from other Marvel players, but they do introduce a new character at the end in one of the bonus scenes. Yeah, we'll get that, to that. That is from... We'll get to that in spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I guess before we get into spoilers, I mean, just uh, what, what are your overall thoughts on this movie? I actually kind of liked it. I mean, even though I didn't like necessarily, I thought the two lead actors maybe a little miscast. Um, overall, I, I liked it. I mean, it was good. It was maybe a little longer than it could, than it should have been, but they're all two and a half hours at this point. This th- yeah, this thing's a solid two and a half hours. But Usually, no, it like, was it was entertaining. It was something different. Where does it fit for you, like in the Marvel series? Like I in don't the middle? Know. I kind of don't put it in the Marvel category because it was different. Sure, because yeah. it was darker. So it's kind of a movie on its own. That's a good point. So like I I can't really compare it to the other the other movies. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-mm. But I'm with you. Like it, it's um yeah I thought it was pretty good and I like I I think the filmmaking is strong. Like Chloe Zhao is doing a good job behind the scenes. I I think it's well cast. You have like good actors and you know some small roles. You know because it's such a big set of characters you don't get a lot of quality moments with all the actors it's i mean they kind of have limited screen time to yeah. make an impression but i think chloe's out and the actors are doing the best with that um, and the actors are kind of paired 
So if you, you know, you have the 10, you know, you have like maybe three or two of them like being with each other at one point in time. Like there, there's no like really individual. And now that you touch on it, like one thing that I, I enjoyed about the movie, it kind of communicates the idea of like how lonely it would be to be an eternal. Oh, yeah. And like the only friends you would have are people who are like you, people that you can like share all these years with. And just the nature of that like long running bond is an interesting theme in the film. But then it's also sad in the sense that you only really get to to know people like certain people, like a millennium or a a century is nothing in your in your world. So you see a lot of people die. Exactly. Yeah. And so you probably, as a result, don't really get close to anyone. Except each other. Exactly. And so, yeah, the movie communicates that theme uh, pretty well. And that's that's something I hadn't really seen before. Well, and so... Well well communicated. You know, the prime celestial that created these ten celestials, I I mean, he created them so they wouldn't evolve. Like, they can't grow old. Is that Erisham? Yeah. Erisham created them so they couldn't evolve. And Arishem is visualized as kind of like uh, like the Iron Giant in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the head of the Iron Giant, like floating in the sky. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It, it, I thought. It, yeah, it really kind of is. I but thought it, a lot of the visuals and like intergalactic vistas that we get was just well done, just seamlessly. Let's just put it this way. This takes God completely out of, you know, creation. <laughs> I mean, it kind well, yeah, of... Yeah, in this world, we're not talking about God. No. We're talking about Arishem. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if a lot of Christians would probably get a kick out Maybe of Maybe that's why it has a 50%. Because... Like, conservatives. Well, yeah. Who, it, who the hell knows? It, it's inspired by, like, Greek mythology. Yeah. And, like, the characters' names are just... They're named after Greek figures, just sort of, like, the spelling's, like, a little different. Yeah. Like, Icarus, it's just spelled dumb. <laughs> Athena instead of Athena. It's exactly. Athena. Exactly. It makes for good fantasy. You know, it does. I mean, it's, you know, like, I, I, you don't like take this stuff literally. I mean, no. I don't take Thanos literally. No. <laughs> so, the, yeah, this is fantasy. It makes for interesting and just like well visualized dips into like deep fantasy. And that's why you have like, you know, the, the text scroll at the beginning. A- any movie that's like so dense, it can't explain itself visually. <laughs> like, like it has mythology so dense, it requires just text straight on the screen. That was probably one of Zoe or one of Chloe's um, mistakes. The text scroll, yeah, because I feel I like mean, it's always a mistake. You always want to avoid it because <laughs> like, the only the only movies that can get away with that is Star Wars. It felt like it could have been visualized quickly, yeah, and like a like a quick zippy prologue maybe. But that's not this movie style. This movie style is not zippy. No, it's a little slow. <laughs> it's, it's a little, a little dragging true. at times. It is say. not like galloping yeah. along like a typical Marvel movie. It's a little slow. It is two and a half hours. You feel the length. I was definitely checking my watch. There's a lot of dialogue. Lots of dialogue in, well, in this. Well, there's so much to set up and like explain. And like you're constantly introducing characters and like going back and forth in timelines and explaining, you know, who the Celestials are and like the Deviants and all this. It's, it's a lot. And yeah, and sometimes it does slow down and get choppy, the pace. And I felt like as far as action, all we get are like fights with deviants. Yeah. And it gets repetitive. Well, I mean, doesn't it? Well, when Thena, I, I thought it got repetitive. Well, when Thena goes into her mind madness, she does fight the other celestials. 
it mixes it up, I mean, occasionally, but it's mostly just fighting. And it's mostly like the Eternals fighting these deviants. And just like we get a whole, it just felt like we got a whole bunch of scenes like that. And that was, there's not a lot of variety to the action. Doesn't these deviants kind of remind you of the monsters and attack the block? Sure. Yeah. That's I think the, kind of where I was, I was like going. Just bigger, I guess. More, yeah. More colorful. I remember those in attack the block. Like really dark. Like, like, yeah, really, really like black. pitch black. Yeah. Let's get into some spoilers. Like, I'm ready to spill my beans. <laughs> yeah, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into spoilers for Eternals. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back and we're going to get into some spoilers for Eternals. So, yeah, at the center of this film is the death of Ajak. Yeah. Who is Salma Hayek's character. Which pissed me off. And, like, I felt like. That's, like, your best actor and character. Okay, so you Killing them off. You felt the same way. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking the best actress in this movie off the table. You know what it would have worked for me is if Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie, if they switched roles. I could see that. (laughs) I love Angelina, but. I think think Angelina's character is very cool. I mean, Ajax, I uh, a Jack. I feel like she could come back. I mean, that's not outside the realm of possibility, is it? Like, do we see? I mean, she gets like her no. life, her life force taken out from the yeah. Deviants. She died. She's thrown off a cliff. I mean, well, unless the Celestial recreates her. This movie's all about magic. Yeah, and they're people not, with godlike powers. They're not people. Yeah, I feel like you could. You could like clone her or something, and you get like another version of A Jack. Yeah, just bring back Salma Hayek. Into yeah. the MCU, please. One hundred percent. Like okay. that. That was that was the thing. I was just like, oh my god, why? Like when, like when her when they, they killed, killed her? her, yeah. And yeah, she's like, the leader, and yeah. so like she bestows the leadership role to Cersei, and she gives Cersei the ability to communicate with Arishem. Yes. And so yeah, so Ajax, uh, her death. It's kind of the inciting incident that sort of puts the plot in motion. And, you know, for much of the film, that death is just spoken about. It, it happens off screen. Yeah. And then we get a flashback and we reveal that she was actually pushed off a cliff by Icarus. Yes. Icarus is a bad, 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 bad man. Yeah. And that all has to do with kind of like this info dump that we get from Arishem when he's talking to Cersei. And so, like, it turns out the deviants were created by Arishem. Arishem to keep the population uh, control. Well, right? yeah, it was. Well, it was to keep the Eternals busy. <laughs> it gave them a mission. I mean, that was the whole thing. It was to keep them busy, gave them a mission. But yeah, it was a population control at the beginning. And then once they killed all the deviants, then the population grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Cersei learns from Arishem that the Eternals' true purpose isn't to hunt deviants. It's to prepare the world for the emergence. Emergence, yeah. Which is when a new celestial is born out of Earth's destruction. Yes. All that energy from life sources. And that and kind of resets of the Eternals' memories. Is well, Arshram resets them. After it's all done and the planet blows up, they go back to 
Arshuam and he resets everything. But he keeps the memories. Like he keeps the memories stored. That's right. They store the memories. And there was a line for like why did why they did that. So they can research the deviants. Yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> all right. I mean, this is yeah. all this is all I mean, it's told in a very visual way. Like I, I feel like this I mean, they do their best presenting this in a way that makes some kind of sense. Yeah. But it's still like like what the hell's going on? <laughs> like if you're not like fully in like fully into this. Yeah. It's it's a lot to absorb. And so what happens is is like once they find out the true purpose of what they're doing, she tells everybody, um, Cersei tells everybody what's what what's gonna happen and why they were truly there. It kind of fractures the group. It fractures the group. So Icarus was Icarus and Kumal's character believe Kumail, Kumail his character believes in the celestial being and then sprite went along with icarus because she's in love with him and uh so like we get like a climax uh, near a volcano and there's there's a big fight there's a big fight scene between kind of like when the movie gets yeah. a little shitty well yeah this is not chloe's out strength these fight scenes well no but this also wasn't i think this part was with cersei i just i feel like she approached this so timid. I felt like she should have found her inner strength sooner than when she did. Because she passed it off to the guy that was going to put the celestial sleep. She was like, this is you. You got this. I can't do this. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on. You're, you're, you know, thousands of years old and you don't have faith in yourself and in your, in your abilities. Like, I just, I don't. Well, and the then, leadership then, role was thrust upon her. I mean, maybe, I mean. And for good cause, because Icarus at the end couldn't, he was, he's in love with her. So they chose right in that sense that he couldn't kill her because there was that love there. And so he just allowed it to happen and allowed her to, I guess, drain all the Celestial's power. Is that what happened? Is that a frozen? Like she froze it? She froze it, but I think she drained the power. So she had the power in her hand to turn Sprite into a real person. Yeah, I remember that. But like absorbed all of her, all the power. And she turns like the celestial like into ice. Yeah. And which kills it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean a, a whole bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> it's, it's a big busy climax with a lot of characters. There's, there's yeah, there's just a lot going on. We find out. We haven't really touched on like even like half of these characters. No. Oh my goodness. There's just there's so much to go on, and maybe having ten characters was too much. Maybe eight. Maybe eight. Try yeah. eight. Yeah. <laughs> See how that works. Yeah, I I agree. And on, honestly, like watching the film, it wasn't entirely clear like what each of their individual powers were. So the girl that does the sign language is really fast. Sure, I re- yeah, I remember that. Um, but like, I didn't even get that Brian Tyree Henry was like a mechanic, like a magical mechanic. Yeah, so he's the one that puts together all the technology. He's the technologist, the engineer. He's like the mastermind engineer helping develop and build cars and helping, you know. Well, that's <laughs> How is that helpful? It's, it's to uh, make civilization evolve. Okay, I mean, I think I think I recall this. And there's also a character named Druig. He's the one that can do mind control. He, yeah, 
you like tap into other people's yeah. brains and communicate through them. And then the one that helped Angelina Jolie. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah. He's strong. Sure. He's like super naturally strong. Okay. Icarus has the laser beams just kind of like Superman. Wait, he's, he, can, he's, he can fly. He's a lot like Superman. He's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's flying around, can shoot lasers out. It's pretty yeah. cool. I'm like, Cersei what, what, what can about, do the minerals. What about Ajax? What, what is her power? She can heal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure like all this is communicated or shown in the film. It's just and she can heal others. I mean, that's. It's just like again with ten characters, it becomes hard to like keep track of like what each person can do, especially like when you're meeting them all for the first time and yeah. they. It's not like X-Men where like it kind of like stops to like show you what they can do. <laughs> you just kind of like learn it as you go sort of. And there's not really like a good ensemble fight scene. You know, they're, well, they're fighting, all fighting well, at the end. Well, they're fighting Icarus, but not all of them. Cersei is not fighting Icarus at the end. It's only the mechanic, the fast girl. M- Makari. Makari. There you go. <laughs> sure. There's, you know, in the Avengers, you have, like, they're all, like, assembled, like, Avengers, you know? You know, there is there is that, like, picture of them, like, fighting yeah. and, like, assembling is, like, okay, it's game time. Right. You wish this movie had that? Yeah. There wasn't really. <laughs> Even in Justice League, I guess you had that. Yeah. Like, they're all on the screen at yeah. the same time, ready for action. Well, yeah, there because there were so many other things going on at the same time, like, Cersei was off trying to handle the Celestial, and then Druid was handling Sprite, and then you had the other ones fighting Icarus. So you wish there was a moment where like they all came together. They had one common enemy. Yeah, that there never... There was never one common enemy. Right. And then Kamal's character just bolts and leaves. Maybe that's like part of the theme of the film. Like Sometimes you don't know who your enemies are. Sometimes there is no no one enemy. Yeah, no, I don't... <laughs> I Not think so much. I think the realization that they thought that they were heroes and they re- realized that they were actually the villain of the story it's interesting. was an interesting concept. Yeah, I liked the the several twists that the story took. Yeah. I, I just wish we kind of like got through it a little a little quicker. Yeah. I guess. But th- that's my taste and that's that's clearly not Chloe Zhao's preference as a filmmaker. She likes to take her time. She likes for it to be meditative, a little more introspective. You know, you're talking about that more serious tone. You know, that's just, I'm just speaking of my personal preference. Me too. Yeah. When I watch a movie like this, I guess I just want it to be a little snappier. Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. I I appreciate this movie's different qualities that separate it from the other films. And then at the very, very end, once they kill the Celestial, while Arshram is not happy with them. Arishem? Arishem. What are you calling Arsham? Arsham. Arisham <laughs> is not happy with them. And he kind of like comes out of the sky. He does. While she's like having a picnic. With and everybody Kit. and everybody sees him come out of the sky. <laughs> and what is it like? I'm gonna because you disobeyed me. I'm gonna look at your memories. And I'm gonna see if this I'm, planet was worth saving. And maybe I'm gonna punish you. Yeah. Kind of how it leads. An inter- interesting ending. It was interesting ending. Where it's like not really celebratory. It's but kind I, of ominous. But I also think Kit's role, he's going to have a bigger role in the next well, movie. Well, there is there's two post credit scenes. We dipped, I think, in the middle. I checked. Was was I kind of on on track of well, Kit Harrington's like background? And well, like, I don't know what you predicted, but I think um, I think he's going to be the villain. 
Well, or I don't know. he's going to like. I don't know about that. I think his ancestors, because he talks about like, hey, I need to tell you about my ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> like right before Arashem appears. Yeah. I think uh, what that is setting up is that he is going to be uh, like a descendant of Merlin. Because oh. there's a scene where he's like picking up the um, the ebony blade, which apparently in the comics, in the comics, it's a blade that has been enchanted by Merlin. So that's, ah, okay. I guess that would just be my theory of what they're they're setting up that's i mean that's just what i'm piecing together from the ebony blade and um there was like a mid-credit scene uh where we meet the brother of thanos yes called eros and he has an assistant named pip pip i who sounds like he's voiced by pat oswald yeah <laughs> like you got remy the rat up okay in here. that's gonna be a horrible casting i don't know if hey, Harry Styles is going to be a good fan oh, right. as his yeah, brother. He was played by Harry Styles for some reason. And you yeah, go that by, was strange. And you go by Thanos. I mean, unless they've got like different, I guess they could have different parent or different like moms or whatever, but look absolutely nothing alike. Like I Harry don't... Styles is not even in like, he's, just... he's like himself. He's like a regular human. I'm just and piecing Thanos it. Thanos was not a human. I'm just piecing it together. It's Harry Styles playing Thanos's brother. Yeah. So I'm not sure how. That does not seem great. No. And Patton Oswalt as, as a sidekick, Pip. Pip. Like, that does not sound great. That, um, that's that, kinda, that was a strange scene. That's that's our dachshund's name, that little nickname that we Because <laughs> he's a pipsqueak. Him. He's a pipsqueak, so we call him Pip. We call our dog. But his real name's Bandit. Yeah. But we call him Pip. And I'm sure he's been on this podcast. Probably. We all heard his you've, voice you've in the background. High pitch bark. Anyways, but so what did you think about um, this movie being a date movie? I would say not so much because it's kind of slow. It's really dense with fantasy nerd shit. <laughs> I mean, no, no offense to people who love this shit. So, I mean, I like I enjoy the movie okay. Yeah. Like I'll give it a B. Yeah. But as a date movie, I wouldn't take it like someone on a first date to like a two and a half hour somber fantasy movie yeah i guess that, i guess that would go for dune also this had some some similarities with dune yeah. I guess, in terms of like how well the effects were integrated i thought it was on the level of dune i will agree with you that it's not really a good date movie the the romance it's there but it's not i mean like is there i mean there's a lot of eye candy for the ladies to look at Sure. Um, both female and male. <laughs> what, whichever one you're you're into. Are women getting naked? I remember some shirtless dudes. Are, are women getting? I mean, there were there women attractive women in this movie. I mean, outside of Sprite, because she's <laughs> you know 15. But you know, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek. I mean, right. I guess the Angelina Salma, like that duo alone. Yeah, that's some good eye candy. It's like okay. I mean, they're wearing like dumb outfits though, so it's not well. I uh, would I would rate this a B minus. You go B minus. Yeah. How would you rate Dune? Just because we we haven't talked about it. Like we saw them both in the same IMAX theater. We They're did. both like very ambitious fantasy films. So I I like Dune. Right. Um, I don't like Timothy Chalamet as the lead <laughs> in Dune. I like it's a casting thing. Sure. He looks like he's twelve. And he's supposed to be this man. He's supposed to be like this future well, I think that, leader. That character is supposed to be kind of a pipsqueak who yeah. becomes a man. 
over the course of the story. I mean, what is he going to do? He like, he, he needs to eat, like, you he know, sh- like shooting up like steak in his and <laughs> his uh, steak protein. I mean, he needs to get some kind of steroids in his ass. Like, I don't know. But he I mean, but he the character looks like a boy, I believe the character is like, you know, we've talked about this on our own but like that character is meant to start off as like a, a naive dipshit i believe who then becomes more powerful by the end of the film yeah he, or the end of the story become more powerful but i just don't see him changing you don't think he's gonna pull it off i don't think he's gonna pull it off but overall you you enjoyed dune more than eternals i think so but we can't really do in my opinion we can't really do a podcast on it because it was half the movie half the story it's so, hard to judge it as half of a movie, just I, literally half of a, half I, of a story. I want to do a podcast on it once we've got the full picture. Yeah, I think that's happening. Mm-hmm. I think in two years yeah. it'll be released. That's that's why I'm just... I guess I kind of put them on the same level, on similar levels. Because I, I guess, I mean, I wasn't like blown away by Dune like everyone else. I kind of would give that in the B range. Yeah. But they're both just like very ambitious, very somber fantasy worlds yes. that these movies create like somber ambitious like aesthetically formal fantasy worlds i just i thought there were just some interesting similarities between the two and maybe maybe that's just me i mean they're very different movies dune is only half of a movie yeah <laughs> just somber yeah like formalist yeah like heavy sci-fi i'm i'm a big fan of sci-fi come on now but you i mean you you like like Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. Right. That's my jam. You like the fantasy. Are, are you into sci-fi as well as equally? Oh, I like I like Star Wars. I'm not, that's I'm not, fantasy. Yeah, Star Wars is fantasy. But it's also science fiction. There's a thin line. Sci-fi fantasy, it kind of blurs. But a lot of my... A lot of sci-fi dips into fantasy. A lot of my books that I read, they're sci-fi. They're science. I mean, they're magical. And whereas Lord of the Rings is pure fantasy. Yeah really no science in there <laughs> but um okay so yeah you you'd say b minus i'd say b not the best day movie but not the worst marvel movie no like by far not the worst marvel movie no. i mean this is this was leagues better than captain marvel i would say i agree but then i have to i have to be all like you know woman power when it comes to captain marvel you know you have to root for it because it's it's a girl. Of course. <laughs> it still has to be a good movie. So I guess that's it. And that's Eternals. It's directed by Chloe Zhao. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We are on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com and until next time i'm patrick and i'm ashley thanks for listening see ya